You know, there's an interesting thing about recording podcasts in the winter. When you do it in the summer, you might have windows open or the air conditioning unit is running and you constantly have a hum of audio running constantly and you have to edit that out. In the winter, yes, you do have a heater, but the heat does not make nearly as much noise. So, starting off with a podcasting observation, the winter has less background noise. And if you didn't notice, that was my sneaky way of basically saying, hey, it's the winter and I'm back. And what I've decided to do this year, 2019, with the podcast, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm not doing nearly as many episodes as I did in the previous years. And that's for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, I've mentioned before that my job situation has changed. It's been a lot more busy. So all of my podcasting work has to happen on the weekend. And because that work has to happen on the weekend, there's less time to spend with my kid. So basically, I have been choosing between podcast or the proper upbringing of my child. The kid's going to win. But that actually ties into this week's episode topic. I've been reading several articles about YouTube stars that are backing off of the platform and taking breaks because of quote-unquote burnout. And from a personal perspective, when you're working on really intense projects, the word burnout keeps getting thrown around a lot. So I wanted to talk about burnout this week. I don't think that I am suffering from burnout. I am just suffering from a complete lack of time. And some of you might be saying, well, you should just quit the podcast. While I do not derive income from this podcast and I do spend a lot of time on it, I do feel like this podcast has helped me in my career. I feel like I owe something to this podcast because it allowed me to break out of my shell. It allowed me to do something creative and different on a professional level. And I don't want to give that up. There's a difference between doing 50 episodes and giving up. And I'm trying to hit somewhere in the middle. But all of these ideas churning in my head, again, led me to this topic of burnout. And that is the topic of this week's episode. I'm Joey Lombardi, and this is SourceCast episode 137. In order for one to talk about burnout, one must define what burnout is. According to the American Physiological Association's David Ballard, burnout is described as an extended period of time where someone experiences exhaustion and a lack of interest in things, resulting in a decline in their job performance. Dr. Ballard goes on to say that a lot of burnout really has to do with experiencing chronic stress. Left unchecked, burnout can wreak havoc on your health, happiness, relationships, and job performance. There have been times in my life where I have experienced burnout. I've told this story several times on this podcast and in professional settings, but there was a period of my life where I was effectively working well over 100 hours per week. I was put on a pager 24-7, and I got called several times every night for the better part of three years. I worked weekends. I never got days off. Even when I had scheduled days off, I couldn't take them, family weddings, etc., etc., etc. It was not a great working situation. And I was really young, and I did not know how to push back or to realize that this was an abnormal thing. Saying that, those three years were amazing from a job growth and learning perspective. I learned a lot, and I gained a lot of respect internally with my peers who were much older than I was. But there's really not a trade-off. You should not do that to your employees, and you should not do that to people because they will burn out. And by the end of that three-year period, I really was a shell of myself. And it took a year or two to get back to normal. So what are the signs of burnout? Inc.com has an article written by Jessica Stillman, The 12 Stages of Burnout According to Psychologists. 
And by the way, there are so many lists of burnout symptoms. There are a list of three, there are a list of 10, there are a list of 12, there are a list of 24. But I like this one. Number one, the compulsion to prove oneself, the desire and the need to demonstrate one's worth obsessively. I am 20 years into my professional career and I still feel this way. So I totally understand how this particular driver can lead to massive burnout. I would also say this one also leads to not being able to shut down and to turn off when you're on a vacation. There's always a need to connect and make sure you're not missing something. I just got back from a vacation. Another reason why there's been a delay in these podcasts. I really had to fight myself from checking my email constantly. Spoiler alert, because I was on a six-hour time difference, most of my work's day had ended by the time I woke up, which was kind of perfect for someone like me who really can't control himself in the checking of the work. Which leads to point number two, the need to work harder and inability to switch off. Number three, neglecting needs, erratic sleep, eating disrupted, lack of social interactions. That also brings me back to that period of time where I was on call. Again, I've mentioned this particular aspect of my history. I used to own a computer repair shop, and this was happening towards the tail end of that whole situation. Because I was awake all the time anyway, I could theoretically be in the store and repairing other machines while I was waiting for computer things to happen. And I personally did start to withdraw from people during that time. There was friends and family that I hadn't seen for almost the majority of the period that I owned that computer store, which was three years. You become like a robot. You get up, you go to work, and you really don't find the time to enjoy your life and the things that you're working to make money to do. Issue number four, displacement of conflicts. Every issue with someone becomes exaggerated. You personally start to feel threatened, panicky, jittery. Issues where you should be dismissing problems, you don't, and they become much bigger and grandiose in your head because you're not thinking straight. Number five, revision of values. You start to get dismissive of your friends and family. Hobbies are seen as irrelevant, and your focus is only on work. This is about putting work above friends, family, and personal interests. And I totally see people doing this. I see people doing this that I work with right now. My father is totally this guy. My father could retire, but he has spent so much time making work a priority, his main hobby, his main social outlet, that he has no interest in retiring because he wants to be where the action is. He wants interactions in his own specific way. And I totally know that I've inherited that trait. About 10 years ago, my old man said, "Ah, I can't watch TV anymore. He's like, it's all just gibberish to me. I can't sit still. I can't sit there and watch a movie for two hours. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Flash forward 10 years, I'm exactly the same way. I can't sit through a TV show. You got to get to the point. Movies are a chore. I truly get a lot of enjoyment out of doing this, making something that's my own. But that is a form of work. Stage number six, denial of emerging problems. This is tied to number four, but it gets more specific. You're perceiving your collaborators as stupid or lazy or demanding or disciplined. Your social interactions and your contacts are harder. You're getting more cynical, aggressive. There's just a general intolerance for things because you emotionally and physically do not have capacity to deal with it. Stage number seven is withdrawal. Social life becomes small or non-existent. There is a need to feel relief from stress. And some people start to seek out self-medication, alcohol, whatever it takes to sort of numb your brain. Stage number eight, odd behavioral changes. Your friends and your family start to see some significant changes in your personality. They're noticing things. Stage number nine, depersonalization. Seeing neither yourself or others as valuable. 
and you no longer perceive your own needs. That is the ninth stage of burnout. That's a really heavy concept, and it goes back to sort of what I was saying earlier about feeling like a robot, just feeling like a cog in a machine. You do your job, but there are others that can do it, or you're easily replaced. Stage 10, inner emptiness. This is when people start to feel empty inside, and to overcome this, they look for activities such as overeating, again, the drugs, the alcohol, maybe sexual compulsions, and in general, there are activities that are over-exaggerated, and there's all of this drama. Stage 11, depression. Feeling lost and unsure, exhausted, and the future feels dark and bleak. And the 12th stage of burnout is something called burnout syndrome, which can include a total and mental and physical collapse, which may or may not require full-time medical attention. So each one of these steps, the situation gets increasingly more dire. And of course, being this podcast, we will talk about how to address those things in a few minutes. There was another article from thriveglobal.com by Marina Kindekel, and it's 13 surprising signs of burnout that you may be missing. I'm not going to go through all 13, but there's a few in here that are direct quotes from working professionals that I wanted to share. So in this article, a technical consultant named Victor Ung said, you feel like you're always failing. And I quote, I realized that I was starting to burn out when it started to feel like I was failing at my job. Everything I did seemed wrong. I constantly felt like I was incapable. I lost confidence. I lost all motivation to keep up with deadlines. I did the bare minimum just to get a pass for it. The worst part was that it affected other parts of my life and side projects as well. My anxiety occupied most of my mind, stemming from the fact that I felt behind in my job. But then I didn't care enough to get ahead. It was a never-ending spiral, and I was just burnt out. There's another call-out by Tina McDonald, who is a leadership facilitator and youth career coach based in the UK. And she noticed her burnout when she started to take everything so personally. And I quote, I began to get really tearful and sensitive to conflict. As a manager, I was always okay with confrontation. But then all of a sudden, I started to take things really personally and got upset by people's comments. Suddenly, conflict was all about me. I gave up my job. I later realized it was burnout. And although I didn't regret leaving my job, I do wish I realized this burnout and gotten help instead of quitting, as I would have been in a better financial position if I had. And I think that's one of the major takeaways of burnout. I don't think people realize they're in a burnout cycle until it's too late. And whether it's a list of 10 or 13 or 20 or 50 stages or issues that someone might have in burnout, It's important to kind of notice if you're not feeling 100% or if you're feeling different than you did before and in a potentially negative way. And that leads me back to Dr. Ballard as he has suggestions on how to address burnout situations. First and foremost, Dr. Ballard says, take relaxation seriously. Whether you take up meditation, listening to music, reading a book, taking a walk, or visiting friends and family, think about what you'll do to relax and designate time for it. The second piece is cultivating a rich non-work life. Find something outside of work that you're passionate about, that's challenging, engaging, and gets you moving. But the key idea here is learning how to turn off. And I personally feel that when you go away for long periods of time, even a week, it's almost like you're penalized, not intentionally, but life and work is happening while you're gone. So there's a week's worth of stuff to catch up on. I noticed in the last few years that I really try to build vacations around company holidays because then the entire organization is shut down. So work's not happening. Dr. Ballard's third suggestion is unplugging. While communication technology can promote productivity, it can also allow work stressors to seep into family time, vacation, and social activities. Ballard says you have to set boundaries by turning off your cell phone at dinner and delegating certain times to check email. His fourth suggestion is to get enough sleep. Researchers suggest that by having fewer than six hours of sleep per night, it is a major risk factor for burnout. 
Lack of sleep in general can have negative effects on your job performance and productivity. It can lead to fatigue, decrease your motivation, and make you more sensitive to stressful events. And on the flip side, one of the benefits to getting adequate sleep is that it actually helps you improve your memory. And there are tons of tips on how to get better sleep. Hell, I could probably do a whole podcast about that. Dr. Ballard's last suggestion on addressing burnout, you have to know when it's you and when it's them. And to quote Dr. Ballard, burnout is sometimes motivated by internal factors, and sometimes it really is a symptom of external forces. In the first case, you have to ask yourself, where is this coming from? So you can figure out what's stressing you out and how to maintain your internal resources to keep yourself motivated, doing your best work and functioning well. But sometimes burnout is the fault of work. In a survey Ballard did in 2011, more than two-thirds of the respondents said that their employers had taken steps to cut costs as a result of the recession, things like hiring freezes, layoffs, and cutting work hours, and rolling back benefits. All of that increased demands on the workers that remained. Ballard says that there are two components that play into burnout. There are more demands and fewer resources. To find out whether it's time to move on, figure out whether your position is mismatched between your needs and what you're getting working for that particular organization. So that is an interesting parallel to the quote from Tina McDonald, who was a leadership facilitator. She was burned out and she quit her job because she did not recognize the symptoms. She didn't have a conversation with her employer about it. She just split. I suspect that most decent organizations are going to have conversations about work-life balance and burnout in some of the chats that they have or the communications that they send out or information that's available on their internal website. So there may be a corporate culture that recognizes and understands that there is such a thing as burnout, but when it comes to practical application, employers may not realize what's happening to a specific individual. And if you're in the haze of burnout, you may not be able to properly communicate what's happening to you. So to the managers listening to this particular podcast, take note of these symptoms and maybe reach out and have a conversation with one of your employees if you're noticing these signs. Those of us who started our careers during a recession period, I think many of us struggle with those first few issues that I mentioned. The compulsion to prove yourself, the need to work harder, neglecting personal needs to, I'm not going to use the word advance, it's to stabilize your career. I think that is going to be a prevalent personality trait for this current crop and generation of workers, the millennials and the generation before. I graduated college in 2002, and a lot of people forget that there was a recession during that period of time. I was very fortunate to find employment immediately upon graduation. A couple of my good friends had to work retail, struggled to make college loan payments, and I would definitely say that that delay impacted their long-term earning potential. And we certainly hear about those issues for the younger millennials. I think there's a pretty large population of workers that are going to push themselves to work harder, to get themselves ingratiated into a company so they feel a sense of stability. And if the economy is truly growing and if we're out of the recession that employers must take it upon themselves to offer some level of reassurance to those employees and to make sure that said burnout does not occur. So notice the signs, talk to your people, have a conversation, and take a break. And that's all we have for this week. You can follow SourceCast on iTunes, Google Music, and all of your favorite podcasting applications. SourceCast is recorded in Bucolic, Mandalay, New Jersey. And it's produced by my dad. The outro is performed by me, Ben Lombardi, and music is provided by Patrick Lee. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.